Well, good morning, all the campuses and everybody that's here. You guys look good. You look like you got your coffee and some Wheaties and you're ready for this service. Um, I'm excited to be here again. You know, you, you get invited somewhere and you just hope that they'll ask you back at some time in your life. And um, um, to be back just about two months um, after I, I spoke here the first time, man, is such a privilege and an honor. I just want to take a moment to honor your lead pastor here, Pastor Alex. Can you give it up for such an amazing leader at all the campuses? Y'all can do better than that. Amen. I mean, it may be because you guys get him all the time, but when you, when you see leaders that live their life of integrity behind closed doors as well as in front of people like him and his family do, um, that's a rare thing, and you guys are a blessed church. Well, I'm excited about what God has um, placed on my heart, so we're going to talk today. And I, this is my second time here in two months, so I feel home. Okay, so for everybody who wasn't here last time, you weren't here, but I was, do you understand? And so I'm excited, and and, and is it okay if I act like I'm home today, okay? Um, So um, at all the other campuses, just get ready. Um, We're gonna have a great time. Open your Bibles to John, and we're gonna go John chapter eight, and while you're finding that on your smartphone, your dumb phone, whatever type of phone that you have, um, I have to give a shout out to my wife right now. She's not here this morning. She's eight months pregnant with our third child, and um, she's the reason that I'm in this Barney-colored suit this morning, and I love her with all my heart. Thank you, sweetheart, for allowing me to do this, and uh, I love you. I'll be home in just a little bit. Okay, so um, let's go to John chapter 8, and um, so this past um, five weeks, this is my first time preaching in five weeks. I actually have been on sabbatical. So I haven't been um, preaching anywhere, so let's just hope this goes good today. Um, But but, um, we take a time every summer to just reset and recalibrate with my family. So before I left, I told my staff I wanted to do something a little different. I usually preach in sermon series, and I, I preach in that all year long. I said, I'm doing something different. I said, the last four weeks, I'm in, I'm preaching whatever I want. They said, what do you mean, Pastor? I said, just that. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to preach whatever God gives me. And so we had an amazing time of me just getting up. We called it Fun Month, and I just preached all different types of things. But there was this one particular week that, you know, it had been going good. It was about the third week of the series that I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to preach this next week. Haven't got anything yet. Got my prayer time. Got in my little closet. Nothing. (laughs) All right, it's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It's Thursday nothing. I said, all right, Lord, now you got me out here looking stupid. I I, I need something to preach. I feel like you want to say something to your people. Nothing happened. Saturday morning, sweat coming down my brow. No, I was in my car and God speaks to me in different ways. And so I wanted to share this with you. So some of you don't feel as crazy as you think you are. And then others, you can see how how God just speaks to other people. And so uh, he speaks to me through all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff. So I'm in my car, or I'm actually in a store first, and I'm the guy in the store that when music comes on on the store, I act like it was on on purpose. I start singing loud. I start dancing. I'm, I'm that guy, like where you're like, oh my God, look at him. <laughs> like, that's me, okay? So I was in um, a store, 
And this, now some of you are too saved for this next comment, so just pray. But I was, <laughs> I, I was in the store and DJ Khaled and Beyonce have a song called Shining. Somebody said, woo, <laughs> you're not saved. And it's, it's, and it came on and I was in the store and I was like, shining, shining, shining. And, 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 and I heard this and the whole thing says, shining, 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 yeah. And they just keep saying that like over and over and over and over. And it got stuck in my head. And I, I, was, I was going and doing something else and all I heard was shining, 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 yeah. And I was like, that is not a message, Lord. And so you're gonna have to do something more than that. I get in my car later on that day and my phone dies. Now, I don't know about you, but all my music is played from my cell phone. So my phone dies and I'm like, oh man, what am I gonna do? So I turn on the radio, I turn on to Air One and there's a song by Toby Mac in Holland called Light Shine Bright. And I don't know if you've ever heard that song before, but it's, it's nice. And these people are white and they got some soul. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what are y'all doing? No, okay, okay. But, but, but the, I said it, it's okay, guys, you're all right. <laughs> but, but, but what ended up happening was this song said, light shine bright everywhere you go. Music for the people helps illuminate the soul. Light shine bright everywhere you go. Music for the people making Jesus music for the people. And this was the second time within like 10 hours that this this thing of shining kept coming on, like shine your bright. Now, how many people were raised in Sunday school? Like Sunday school, like, okay. So some of y'all may know this. Some of y'all Sunday school has become too uh, 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 eccentric. But back when I was in Sunday school, they sang a little song. They said, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. I said, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Everybody say, this little light of mine. I said, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And God said, are you letting it shine? Because I begin to think about this topic of our light shining bright as believers. And many of the areas that we are, are pitch black. Many of the areas that we're in, is, they're dark. And it shouldn't be dark because we're there. And I begin to ask God, what do you want to do? He said, I, I want you to remind my people of when they got me in their life, that they got a light that was supposed to shine in every place that they go. Pastor Mike, what are you saying? That seems very simple. That seems very elementary. But it's something that many of us forget. And John, this is Jesus talking, and I want us to look at this because Jesus begins to make a, a very strong claim that most of us know, but many of us don't know how it applies to our life in such a strong way. John chapter 8, verse 12, it said, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The light that leads to life. Say that with me. The light that leads to life. Okay. That's what God sent Jesus for, is that he would be the light in your life that leads to life. But he, he begins to, to break down this passage 
And I don't know about you, but when, you, when I study the Bible, I start asking questions because I, I need to understand. And, and so I started asking questions. Uh, uh, the first question I asked myself, who is the light? So I'm going to ask you that question. In this passage, who is the light? Jesus. He says, I am the light of the world. So the second question I asked is what needs to be lit? And, and if you, you ask yourself that question, uh, it says, I am the light of the world. Now, I begin to look at that because my mindset has, has interpreted that different ways before. And, and many of us, we interpret it like this. Um, he's the light of the earth. And, and, and this is the thing is not what this scripture is saying, because um, at creation, God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. So the earth is lit already. It's still being held in place, the sun, from the word God spoke at creation right now. So, so when he said this, he wasn't talking about like actual sun or the moon or stars. He said, no, I'm the light of the world. And as I begin to look that word up and what that word world actually means, it breaks down through the Greek and the Hebrew and all the other stuff. It breaks down to systems that God desires to be the light of of all of the systems in the society we live in. Let me help you. Have you ever heard of the entertainment world or the school world or the education system or the finance world? Those are all worlds that Christ wants to be the light in. And that's why the biggest misconception of believers is that God wants all of our business or all of our shining to happen in a church. That is the worst theology and thing you could ever think. He wants your light to shine in the world. And today I came to encourage you that your light shining needs to be one of the priorities because there is a place that you are in right now that may be dark because there is not a believer who is shining in that space. Oh yeah, I'm talking about shining in every world that there is in the educational system. You're supposed to be shining in, in, in the place with your friends and your skater friends. You're supposed to be shining in those boardrooms. You're supposed to be shining in your soccer club. You're supposed to be shining in your knitting crew. You're supposed to be shining in every place that God sends his children. Because if he's the light of the world, where did he decide to reside? On the inside of us. And if he's the light of the world and he sends us into the world, then we're supposed to be shining. My question is, why have we decided not to shine in the places God sends us? Now, now, if we be real for a second, some of us have worked job for 10 years that nobody in your company knows you're a believer. How can you be on? How can you be shining? How can you be the light of the world when when you're in the world, you don't make a difference? Dark places need light. Not, not that we're supposed to go in and be like, I am Jesus's representative here. <laughs> Welcome. The Christian has come in. Like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me be clear. But you are supposed to work as unto the Lord. You are supposed to give when others aren't giving. You are supposed to go the extra mile and show love when people do you wrong. Why? Because the scripture said, if you follow me, the ways, the customs, what God has called us to do, then we will begin to shine in spaces. And let me help you. You can't do the same thing that everybody else is doing and be the light in that place. Like, like you don't, you don't 
do the same thing and expect for there to be a difference. Darkness, when it is dark and light comes into a place, it literally destroys darkness around it. It goes contrary against everything that darkness is doing. That's the same thing with our lives. When we come into a situation, when we come into a place, when we come into an arena, what we do should be contrary against culture, contrary against what Facebook and Instagram is saying to do, contrary against what everybody has done in our family, and it should shine and be the light in the midst of the darkness. And I see some of you right now, you're looking at me like, okay, Pastor Mike, light in the darkness but some of you have a dimmer switch on your light. See, some of you know what I'm talking about, that on Sunday, it's, it's bright. But Monday comes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's just off. Just Thursday, I'm just trying to make it to Friday. Saturday, I might do whatever I need to do, and then Sunday, is it Sunday morning? Oh, let's, let's turn it back up. And God has a term for that. He calls it lukewarm. That, that he, there's no dimmer switch in God. It's, it's lukewarm. And, and, and the Bible tells us that he spits that out of his mouth because it's a horrible representation for people who really want the truth of God. He said, I'd rather you go ahead and wild out, be crazy, do everything that you want to do, and me find you at your broken, messed up state and save you and bring you into a place where you can actually change than to play this, I'm saved today, I'm not today. I'm good today, I'm not tomorrow. Like he said, because that thing paints a picture to people and family members and coworkers who are watching how you handle situation when it's hard. And they say, oh, that's how believers do. That's how Christ followers do. That's how the church at Battle Creek and all the other locations do. No. My first point today for everybody listening is that I believe God wants you, when it comes to your relationship with him, he wants you to turn it on. Turn on your relationship with God. I, I'm not talking about uh, uh, something that is timid or something that is not known. It's time to turn your relationship on. Be real about what God has done in your life. And guess what? What he's doing in your life. How many perfect people do we have in the room? Don't raise your hand. Not one. Why? Because God is still perfecting each one of us. But if we do not turn on the light and we say that, you know what, this work in me, God's doing it. This thing that's happening to me, this is because I've joined a, a, a church that's a life-giving church that's helping me find my sweet spot and I'm serving. And yeah, I don't want to serve all the time. They have some bad kids back there, but it just helps me when I get in there and I see little Jimmy's face. Like I'm being perfected by following in the way that Jesus has called me to walk. So I'm asking you to turn it on. Some of you are saying, Pastor Mike, that's harder for me. You don't know where I come from. I have a crazy switch. And there's, there's, some, there's some things in my life that if you go past a certain point, I just turn crazy. I had the same thing. But Paul gives us some real help of how, if we're gonna turn our light on for Christ, there's something else we have to turn off. Look at Galatians 2.20. And, and this is one of my favorite scriptures because it reminds me if I'm going to turn my light on, I have to turn something else off. It says my old self, dang, has been crucified with Christ. So if I'm going to turn my light on, my old self, my old responses, my, my old ways of doing things, let me say it like this, my natural ways of doing things, they have to be crucified. 
They, they have to be something that I lay before God daily. God, I want to respond. God, I, I want to give these people my opinion. God, I, I want to go off on these people. God, I, I want to I kind of manipulate this business deal so it makes me in a favorable light. But today I'm crucifying my flesh. Today I'm not just going to gossip like I used to. My response is going to change. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The light lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. And now I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could have made us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I just want everybody to see that the way that you continue to kill your flesh so that the light of God can shine in you wherever you are is that you have to remind yourself where you used to be. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about this because you've been perfect all your life, but I was broken. I was messed up. I was addicted to pornography. I was somebody who would lie. I was somebody who would cheat. I was somebody who would do anything that would position myself. But God saw me in that place of brokenness and said, I'll look past your faults and I see your need. I'll look past every time that you were in that, that, that peculiar situation and I'll say, that's still my son. When you sang that song today, I am a child of God, that's even when I'm in the midst of my mess. He still called me a child of God. And so I gladly say, all right, God, I really, really want to turn my light off today. And I really, really want to tell these people on Facebook how I feel. And I really, really want to tell this boss who I can't stand and whose breath always stinks to get away from me. I want to. But because I remember what you've done for me and, and, and I dare somebody in this room to just think back where you were five years ago, where you were five months ago. Matter of fact, where you were five hours ago and how God still allows his favor, his grace and his love to extend to your family, to your situations and to your and to your household that says, you know what? I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to crucify my flesh today and I'm going to turn my light on for you. OK, Pastor Mike, I'm turning my light on. I'm going to turn it on for Jesus. I'm going into places. I'm going to be the light. But what about those times where I feel like I don't want to? Proverbs 14, 12 says something about that. He said, there's a path before each person that seems right. Haven't we ever done some things? Haven't we done some things that seemed right? But he said, the things that seem right, they end in death. He, he said, I, I want you to follow me so that you don't have to walk around in darkness and that the light that I provide will lead you to life. I'm here to tell you, some of you have been praying, God, why am I in this place where it feels like you've forsaken me? Why am I just continuing to wander around in this place? It's because you've been doing it without him. And when you do it without God, it's darkness. When you do it with God, it becomes a lamp. That's what the word says. The word of God illuminates. And, and I'm, I'm just here to challenge somebody. Let Christ into your situation. Turn the light on. Yeah, I, I, I know you work with a bunch of people who don't believe, but turn your light on. I, I know it's difficult 
to be able to stand in the midst of these situations that that are so political and and so racial and, and, and so. But turn your light on, because when you turn your light on, it'll begin to illuminate Jesus Christ for yourself and for somebody else. You know, I look back at that John eight scripture where it says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. And and that always messed me up because I was looking at that and I thought it should read something like this. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. Like if I follow Jesus, I will not walk in darkness, but it's still a choice. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness. What does that tell you? That there's some people that are following Jesus that are still deciding to walk in darkness. Oh, you know a couple of them. Don't nod them. Don't, don't nudge them, okay? But, but, but it's still a choice that you found Jesus. You're going to be saved. You, you're, you're already saved. You're going to heaven. But you're still choosing to walk in darkness. Pa- Pastor Mike, why, why, would, why would we do that? I don't know. Because the Bible's clear that when we choose to walk in darkness, we don't even know what we're stumbling over. That's what Proverbs tells us, that the the way of the wicked is dark, that they don't even know what they're stumbling. You don't even know how you keep getting in that relationship with the same person with different names, but the same outcome. Oh, y'all know Susie been married three times to the same guy without with. But it's not the problem that you've been doing. You've just not let Jesus into that situation. And so you stumble over the same thing over and over and over again. How do you know, Pastor Mike? Because I used to stumble over the same thing over because I never let I never let the light in. But one day I got this revelation that Jesus said, Michael, just let me into it. Let, let, let me into your pornography addiction. Let me into it. Let me into your insecurity. Let me into it. And I thought those were areas that I needed to get cleaned up first before I let him in. Come on, church is good at telling you, get your stuff together and then come. But what hospital do you go to that asks you to bandage your own wounds and then come in and see them? The church is a hospital for the sick. So if you came in here perfect today, God bless you. (laughs) But as for me and for certain things that I'm still dealing with as I'm standing here, I'm thankful for the grace of God that allows all of us to be able to say, I'm still hurting here. Jesus, could you, could you shine your light in this situation? Could you do surgery on my heart? I don't know if anybody's ever had surgery, but one thing that is always prevalent in a surgery room is great lighting. (laughs) Why? Because it would be not smart to be cutting on the deep parts of our life in the darkness. Now, why then do we make decisions without God? Uh, uh, let me help you. I, I said, God, you're going to have to show me. Okay, I got to turn my light on. He said, show me. I said, show me in your word a place where, where, where you want us to be illuminated. And he took me to Moses and the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30. You can, you can turn there or look on the screen. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture to you. But this is one of the most pivotal moments 
in the children of Israel's history, they're probably one of the greatest failures and successes in the world. They took an 11 day journey and somehow turned it into a 40 year uh, wilderness. Like it was supposed to be 11 days. I know they didn't have GPS back then, but man, they turned that into a 40 year death sentence for most of these people. And this is their final um, sermon from Moses. He's not even going to get to see the promised land, but he tells them in his final sermon, he says, now listen to me today. He said, I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Now, let me stop right there. This always trips me out because that didn't even seem like a comparison to me. If somebody came to you and was like, hey, I got something for you. <laughs> death, <laughs> prosperity. Which one do you want? The duh, I want prosperity. But I've learned in my life that when faced with those same situations with different names, I a lot of times choose death. Let me give you an example. Okay. Purity and waiting until you get married to have sexual relations or doing what the world says and living it up with old girl who'll do anything with you. And then little Jimmy comes nine months later. Now think, when we put it like that, we are presented all the time with life and death. Life and death. And many times we choose death. And, and, and I begin to say, God, why is that? Why if somebody offers me death or prosperity, it's like, duh, choose prosperity. He said, Michael, because they haven't invited me. They haven't turned the light on. Because everything looks the same in the dark. Death and prosperity look the same in the dark. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? Don't choose your life partner without the light. Because the counterfeit and the real look the same in the dark. Don't, young people, don't choose the college that you're going to without Jesus illuminating it. Why? Because that place that you think you want to go because all your friends are going there may be the very place that God's saying, don't go because with me, this is where you're going to find your future. But when you make decisions in the dark, it all looks the same. Some of you got dressed in the dark this morning. But what happens is you're not sure what it looks like until somebody else is confronting you with that situation. I'm asking you to turn your light on. Well, Pastor Mike, if your first point is turn your light on, what would be your second point? Leave it on. You see, because what we're doing, we're at Battle Creek today. Pastor Mike is speaking. We're, we're here. The light is on. We're sons and daughters. I am a child of God. And then we leave and somebody cuts us off on the highway. <laughs> you stupid bub, 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 bub. What? Did we turn the light off that quick? Oh, can we be real in this place this morning? You get, you, you get your child or your son to speak to you in the wrong tone and the light was on. I love my family and God is good. And then they, they just, y'all know that line and they just cross it. And then you want to remind them that you brought them into this world and you'll take them out. And you, you, you know, <laughs> now what, what I'm saying is these are, these are funny examples and stuff like that. But 
there's way more serious ones where, where you're working in a business and the light is on and they know you as a, as a stand-up person of integrity. And then there's an opportunity for you to shift the truth on your tax information that will better position your business for success and you turn the light off. God doesn't want us to be Christians who keep flipping on and off the switch of our faith, depending on the situation, depending on the government, depending on what's happening. He wants you to leave your faith on with him and your relationship and leave it on. Look what Matthew says, Matthew chapter 14, or Matthew chapter five, verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. Now, I want you to recognize the change. The, change. the first scripture we read, it was Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Now he has given us the mandate to be the light of the world. Now he's saying, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket unless they're trying to hide something. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives off light or may, let me say it a different way, way, like it gives off Jesus to everyone in the house. As believers, there should be nothing that we have to hide. Because if we're messed up in somewhere, God's grace covers that. And, and God can't bless where you pretend to be. He only can bless where you really are. And, and if we're progressing in something, he wants it to be an example to others. So turn your light on and leave it on. I, I want to show you a picture of a city. that It talked about a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Um, this is a picture right here of a city in the United States. And um, many of you have been to this city. Can you guess what city this is? This is Las Vegas. This is a city that never sleeps. Um, and it's a city that turns the lights on, literally, and they leave it on. Those lights on. This is a picture of Las Vegas from space. Okay. I, I want you to see that even in the abyss and the darkness that surrounds space, when something is lit, it cannot be hidden. And that's what you should look like in that law firm. That's what you should look like working at Tropical Smoothie. That's what you should look like at that business. That's what you should look like on that soccer field. That's what you should look like at your home. Nothing and no one should be able to stop the light of God that shines from you. Well, Pastor Mike, that's hard. I know. But this is the beautiful thing. God never asks us to do anything he won't supply us with. All we have to do is ask, God, change my heart. God, some of you have liked being the way you've been. And that's really the first thing that we have. You know, some of us are known for a certain thing. And God says, will you allow me to change your character? Will you allow me to light you up from the inside out? Will you allow me to change things that have just been you? Some of us, how many of us are, are, have been set in our ways in some areas, okay? Uh, none of those areas can be off limits to God, though. Because when you let him in, he shines his light on them. And then he allows you to be a change agent for everyone else. See, it's got to come to a place where you say, you know what? 
I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God that is on the inside of me, working salvation into me for everyone who is able to see it. And that's what God wants for everybody. So simply, today all I'm saying to you is coming to remind you as you're about to go, some of you back to school, as other you are going to go to work tomorrow. And you know that coworker. You got one coworker that gets on your last nerve, the one that's back here. Or you know the children you're about to go home to. Or you know the obstacle that you're facing right now. And God sent me here all the way from the other side of town (laughs) to challenge you. When it gets tough, turn your light on. Keep it on. And my third point, shine. Like, Like, the beautiful thing about this light right here is that there are other lights in this room much more powerful lights in this room. Lights that are shining and able to get me to be seen at all the other beautiful campuses. There's lights everywhere. But this light is not intimidated to shine just because there are other lights around. And many of us, well, I haven't been saved as long or I don't know the scriptures like that or, you know, I still got this one issue. Or, and, so, and so what we're, what we're conditioned to do sometimes is turn our light out when other lights come on. But what God wants you to know is that your light matters. You see, if all of these lights went out and this was the only light that was on in this room, number one, that would really ruin the broadcast because nobody else would be able to see me. I'm dark already, so y'all would only be able to see eyeballs and teeth. It's okay. I said it. You can laugh. It's okay. Uh, But you know what would be a lifesaver? Is if this light was on. And I was near it because it illuminated everything that it was around. What I'm trying to say to you is I don't care that you only work in a small firm where there's only three people and two of them are your cousins. It doesn't matter. Your light matters. You shining, taking those Capri Suns to your your kid's soccer game, that matters. When you shine in difficult situations, when you shine in, in areas that nobody else is shining, when you shine at cocktail hour, at your business function. See, God's not saying that you can't go places and be places, but he said if you act like everybody else that's there, then you didn't bring the light to the darkness. And today God is challenging this entire body. Be the light. Keep it on and shine. Because when you do that, God will trust you and take you places and allow you to do things to help people see his love. God has changed my life so dramatically. He has changed me from the inside out and he's still doing it. But I choose everywhere I go to turn the light on, leave it on and shine. And I'm challenging every person in this room that that is where you're supposed to do. Yeah, you work on cars and you ride bikes and you got tattoos up to your face. Great. Shine in that space. Yeah, all your friends are country clubbers and they they do their own things and have their own issues. Shine in that space. Every year I go to the family reunion. They they know wild Billy's coming. Wild Billy, all this Billy, Billy's wild. But have they seen your light shine enough to ask you what has changed about you? I'm encouraging families, husbands and wives, Students, 
Turn your light on. Keep it on and shine. I'm going to close with this scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine <laughs> out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. You just got the formula that when you do good deeds, your, your light shines for Jesus and people start to praise him because of your good deeds. And so this is what I say. Good deeds, his glory. When I do good deeds, he gets glory. When I, when I go and I pay for the family that I can tell is having some trouble right now and they're, they're trying to order from the dollar menu and they got seven kids and they're telling them no one fry for you, I, I just go up to the person and I say, whatever they want, I'll pay for it. And I'm not going to stand back and say, yes, it was me. It was me. I paid for all. No, 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 no. I'm going to pay for it and I'm going to walk out. And as I'm walking away, I'm going to say, God bless that family to know that you love them. Good. My good deeds, his glory. I've become kind of professional at trying to pay for people's groceries and their, their, um, their purchases at like Targets and Walmarts and stuff like that. And so I'm waiting around and, and I'm, I'm waiting till they check and I just went before them and then they do the total and I just step in and I swipe my card. I mean, I just, just it's a ninja move. Now they're making it all harder with the chip readers. I'm just like standing there like, what is going on? This used to be way more discreet, but whether it's a chip or a swipe. And, and it's so funny to hear the reactions, but like they get upset. Like, why did you do that? Like, I don't need, I don't need this help. Like, I don't. And I, <laughs> there's a part of me that's like, can you cancel? Uh, <laughs> Can you, can you cancel that, please? That was not the response I was looking for. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, watch. I think God does this on purpose because he says, are you going to still shine when they don't appreciate you? Are you going to still shine when they don't value your sacrifice? And I just say, no, you know what, ma'am? I just felt like I, want, I needed to bless you. Well, I don't need your blessing. I, I know, ma'am. I, I, just, I just felt like God told me to do that for you. And I don't know if it'll ever click for her. I don't know, maybe in a time where she's broken and she's trying to remember, does she have anything to live for? That God sent somebody, some random big black guy to pay for her groceries. <laughs> but what the word says is my good deeds, his glory. So, so I'm encouraging you to, to whatever sphere of influence you're in, the first thing I want you to do in your relationship with God is I want you to turn it on then I want you to take your hand off the switch. And I want you to surrender and I want you to leave it on. And then I want you to shine because when you shine, God will get the glory out of every one of your lives. I wanna pray for you today. If you're in this room and, and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Mike, I really, I really heard what you said for the first time and I need to turn my light on. Like, you know what, I'm not gonna play. I'm only here because my girlfriend or my wife made me come or my, my, my friends are here or that, that person invited me. But I want to turn my light on for the first. I want to receive Jesus. I, I want to really walk in this. I, I want to pray for you. The second person I want to pray for is maybe your light has been on, but it's been on that dimmer switch. It's like you get in certain arenas and, and it's bright. And then in other arenas, it's very dim. And people don't even know. And you're saying, Pastor Mike, I want to leave it on. I want to leave it on. 
even when I play sports. I, I want to leave it on in the locker room. I want to leave it on when I'm around my girlfriends from college. I want to leave it on when I'm around my business colleagues. And, and, and we're going to pray that God would allow you to leave it on. And then some of you are just saying, you know what, Pastor Mike, uh, you, God is allowing me to go into areas that are really dark, R really environments, worlds that are really dark, but I'm supposed to be the light of the world and I wanna shine better. I wanna shine brighter. I wanna take everything off of me that would keep my light from shining. I wanna pray for you at all campuses in this campus right here. If that's you, one of those three areas, I'm not gonna single them out. I want you to do something as an act of faith. I want you to stand and we're gonna pray together. All over this right now, we're all over the campus. If you need God to, to, to shine in your life at a different level or, or you know that you wanna turn your light on for the first time or, or you need to just keep it on. People are standing up all over this place and this is not for everybody, but, but this message was specifically for some today. I want to pray with you and we're going to believe that God's going to do something miraculous in your life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that as you see all of these beautiful people that are here, they're your children. And God, you've, you've brought me here to just encourage them. Father God, that you are good and you see them in the midst of their situations and you're going to allow your spirit to come and help them shine. Father, your word says in Deuteronomy 36, it says that you will change our hearts, Father, and the hearts of our descendants so that we can love you and that we can serve you and that we might have life. And God, the reason that we're supposed to be the light of the world is so that we can have the light that leads to life. I'm praying, Father God, that you would turn the light on in every person that's under the sound of my voice. Father, that it wouldn't be a sometimes thing or an occasional thing, but Father, that light would stay on. I'm thanking you, Father. There's another boldness, Father, to live like you in every arena, in every world, in the music world, in the industries that you've called us to. Father God, that we would be everything you've called us to be. No more shame, no more lighting our light and hiding it, Father, but I thank you that we would shine for you. God, I thank you that you would illuminate our lives because we know it's all about you. And God, I thank you that today, on this Sunday, on July 30th, it will be a day of change for us. Where we'll be able to mark the day that the light came on, it stayed on, and we were able to shine. Bless these people, God, and thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, we agree. Everybody say amen. amen. Let's give God praise in this place. Thank you so much for allowing me to share with you today.